2: It's a pick six and a touchdown
0: fell into the middle of that
2: line and it's a touchdown big return for crowder 85 yards there was contact with a quarterback and it's incomplete they got pressure on prescott it was adams who came blitzing in he'll hit oh immediately when he got the handoff You know and it's <laughs> the q oh my
1: gosh listen thank you
2: from the
3: TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet1. And it's time for the weekend mailbag. So you know what that means? I am joined by the owner, the operator, the lead Reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimble. Chris, how was your Memorial Day
2: weekend, sir? Oh, it was Memorial Day weekend? we're we're, we're still doing this this dates and and times and holidays and stuff um i mean my memorial day weekend was the same as the past two months um every day is the same for the past well almost three months now i don't know time is irrelevant it's it's it doesn't matter it doesn't mean anything every day is exactly the same as the day before uh i might I'm, I might go out on my walks uh, a, a different time, but they, they all blend together. They're all exactly the same, um, and, and I'm, I'm enjoying them, so I, they, it was good.
3: I was going to say it does sort of feel like the movie Groundhog Day with Bill yeah. Murray at a certain point where we're reliving the same day over and over and over again. The only major difference between the movie and real life is that in the movie, only Bill Murray knows that the day is being relived in this particular scenario everybody involved knows that we're reliving the same day over and over and over again but not the same questions in the mailbag Chris so let's dip into that and start answering some of the great questions that have been asked including from my buddy Juan Moya he says gentlemen several questions if possible for starters Does Denzel Mims remind you at all of Brandon Marshall? If so, do you think he could be a 1,000-yard type receiver by year two? Chris, I've talked about this a bunch. Absolutely, I think he reminds me of Brandon Marshall. Very physical, especially with his hands. Knows how to use his body to position to get the ball. He is great at winning those 50-50s. I think he could absolutely be that type of player. He's smaller than Marshall, I mean, in terms of bulk. But he definitely plays to Brandon Marshall's size As Brett Coleman said when he was on the show Do I think that he can become a thousand yard receiver by year two If he's coached right And if he and Sam Darnold develop the right chemistry Yeah, I definitely think that could happen
2: I Yeah, he's a smaller but faster Brandon Marshall, I think His, his playing style is very Brandon Marshall-like um, He's smaller, he's faster uh, quicker uh, probably better with the after the catch um he's probably not going to be as good in you know red zone possession because he is smaller um but the playing style is ext- very similar it's it's very striking and that's awesome and uh, you mentioned his physicality his blocking in the run game too um there's a lot of comparisons you can make there as far as do i think it, and depending on the situation, sure, he could possibly be a, a thousand yard receiver in his second year. Uh, but that's going to depend on Darno. is going to depend on or whoever the coach is, the offensive line. And then also, you know, is there, does he have another number two uh, or a number one, whatever, receiver for him to work with, too? Because if he's the only one, then that's going to be tougher. Uh, it, it's possible. I wouldn't. If, if you were to ask me to bet on it going into next year, I wouldn't bet on him crossing that 1,000-yard uh, threshold in the 2021 season. But if you're just asking me to, like, you know, if I put him on the Chiefs or if I put him on uh, an, another good offense, uh, you know, Cardinals or something, then, yeah, I could absolutely see it. I just – Uh, I'm it's not an indictment of him that I'm betting against that it's an indictment of what we've seen so far from the Jets and knowing what's going to happen that I would expect him to get to that point but I but I certainly wouldn't bet against him getting 800 and something yards in a second year
3: next question from Juan is why is the new psych movie on the Peacock app that should be on USA Simple one, they are trying to successfully launch this Peacock app, and they want people to subscribe to it, so they're using stuff like the new Psych movie to try and get people in the door. It's done all the time. I agree with you, it would be nice if it was on USA, but I would rather have the movie on the Peacock app than not have it at all. So, if it takes having it on the Peacock app and NBC Universal wanting to draw people into that in order to get them to sign up for a series of psych movies. Fine with me.
2: Yeah, they they bought the rights to it. It's it's that simple. Um, and NBC is, has uh, been want to do that before and they've made good decisions doing that before. So I'm good with them doing that. Um, they, the Peacock app is a specific app that they're trying to get off USA doesn't have anything of the sort and I don't think that they have anything in the works I don't know how good that would do so it it's you know if it, it's either basically a, an NBC type place buys the rights to it to do it or we don't get anything at all so I'm good with it
3: just to clarify by the way Chris NBC Universal owns USA so it's the same company. They're just putting okay. this on the app because, as I said, they want to draw people into this new thing that they're doing. And so instead of putting it on USA for free, they're giving it to you as part of this service, hoping that they can get a lot of the diehard psych fans to jump in and try the service. So that's really the reason that makes even
2: more sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, that's the entire reason behind it. I totally get it. And like you said, sure, I'd rather it just be on USA. But if this is how we're going to get more psych movies, then bring it on. Next question comes from the great Peter J. Dillard. He says, gentlemen, I have a request. And by the way, he has several questions, so we'll get to this one first, his request. He says, I'm originally from Brooklyn and now reside in a Philadelphia suburb. Can you please stop talking about New York and New Jersey pizza? It makes me very sad. Thanks in advance. And then Sean Stalker jumps in and says, as a former New Yorker now living in Michigan, I second this. Guys, I totally understand, and I feel your pain. But we're not going to stop talking about pizza I'm sorry, we can't do it In fact, before we get to the rest of Peter's questions This is a perfect opportunity, Chris For us to go into round number two Of our pizza recommendations I'll give one from New York And you give one from New Jersey I'll start If you've ever been to Coney Island Now, it is terrible getting to Coney Island From wherever you are It's terrible getting there But if you go there It is a lot of fun, especially in the summertime. And one of the best pizza places is there. It's called Toteno's, one of the first pizza places in the entire country. I think it was founded about 100 years ago. I'm not even exaggerating. They still have the original pizza oven from when they first opened. Cash only and only pies. You can't order slices, and you can't pay with debit or credit. But let me tell you something. It is phenomenal pizza. And I'm not a huge brick oven guy. They do brick oven. Best brick oven I've ever tasted. So if you're ever in Coney Island or you're ever anywhere near there and you're looking for an excellent pizza, Tote Nose,
2: 100% recommended from me. All right. Well, uh, if you're looking for brick oven pizza, there is actually a great place in Cortland, New York, of all places. I forget the name of it, though, but uh, they had this, like – uh, this caramelized onion chicken pizza that was brick oven pizza that was amazing, but that's not my answer. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my hometown uh, pizza place. Well, it's it's really an Italian restaurant, Dante's Restaurante, in uh, Mendham, Mendham, New Jersey. And now here's the thing: because any other pizza is great. It's all it's all amazing. It's perfect uh, cheese sauce ratio. The crust is just absolutely perfect. And if you just want, it's a phenomenal Italian restaurant as well. So if you just want great Italian food, that's a a great go-to place. I go with Dante's specifically, I go with the uh, sausage pizza from there. And I'm particular about sausage on my pizza. I don't like the places that use like the crumbled sausage. And get that out of here. They use (laughs) nice thin slices on on there. If you're not opposed to sausage pizza, go to Dante's get a sausage pizza from there and you can thank me later because it is amazing. And it is absolutely my favorite pizza in the world. It is just delicious.
3: Sorry about that, Peter and Sean, but to try and make it up to you, we're going to answer the rest of your questions. Peter says, I'll mail
2: you guys some
3: <laughs> self-addressed stamped envelopes, please. By the way, Peter also asks, it appears that with the signing of Gore and drafting of P. Ryan to go along with bell there seems to be a commitment to the run. Unfortunately, we all know the usurper has no idea how to run the ball. And the running back coach is a glorified quarterback coach. Any chance the team hires an actual run game coordinator? Probably not.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely not. Um, they're they're going to roll with what they have, the coaching staff. Adam Gase isn't going to look to add anything more there. Um the thing I'll say about Gore is you're not don't expect him to get a lot of carries here. Um, the Pirine thing is we as we know Le'Veon Bell is going to be gone after this season. I do still think that you will see Le'Veon get Bell get most of the touches here, but we know that the, how Gase is and how Gase feels and how that's not the perfect fit, so they have some other options there. But as far as this season, them really cutting into Le'Veon Bell's touches more than you know the second half of last season, I, I don't, just don't see that happening. But again, Gase, they're, they're going to roll with what they got with the coaching staff. Uh, it's, Gase isn't interested in changing. He thinks that there's no problems
3: really doesn't make any sense that they have a running backs coach who was known for having no running game when he was an offensive coordinator in Detroit but I don't make those decisions Peter's final question are either of you now a bigger fan of the Captain Morgan pick because the Jets signed Flacco I'm still not the Jets are still short a wide receiver and an interior offensive lineman that's exactly right, Peter. I'm not a fan of the Morgan pick any more than I was before. I am a lot more relieved that they signed Flacco. I know that Flacco was never quote-unquote elite, even when he was at his best, but he was a solid starter. He's a guy that has 10 years of starting experience. They're only paying him $1.5 million, and if he gets to the max, which would be $3 million, then something went horribly wrong anyway. Much prefer him than Luke Falk or Trevor Simeon, because at least... If the Jets have to lean on him for two or three games, he gives him a fighting chance, even at the stage that he's at. And he should be a positive presence in the quarterback room with both Darnold and Captain Morgan. So I like the Flacco signing. I still think in a lot of ways the Morgan draft pick is going to be a waste for the same reason that I said before. He's only going to be here for four years on his rookie deal. The first year, he's not going to even be the backup. And then the next three years, if Sam Darnold is any good, he'll never play and then he's either just going to be relegated to being a backup or he'll go somewhere else where he gets a chance. So for a fourth-round pick, I just feel like they could have done better. Not the worst thing in the world, but I'm still not a huge fan of it because, Peter, as you pointed out, they still could have drafted a receiver, an interior offensive lineman, or several other positions that they could have used.
2: Yeah, I, I feel the same way I felt at the time about the Morgan pick. The one thing I do like better now is knowing that Joe Douglas – didn't draft him thinking that he would be the backup for this season. Um, because that would have been – I would have seriously been giving side eye to uh, Joe Douglas being like, really, do you, you you think this is the answer? Um, so it, it makes me c- more comfortable with him on the roster this year uh, that you have to do that. But then also we still have to remember Joe Flacco just had neck surgery. So, who knows when he's even going to be able to uh, to play. Um, I know he, he thinks that he'll be able to be ready by the start of the season, but we'll have to wait and see on that uh, next surgery. Um, but it, it does make me think, all right, at least Joe Douglas isn't uh, delusional enough to think, okay, we're just rolling with James Morgan as our second receiver, uh, or second quarterback here. So, that – Overall, I still think it's going to end up being a Bryce Petty waste of a pick, but that tends to be how it goes with most backup quarterbacks uh, drafted in the draft. When you're drafting quarterbacks in rounds three, four, five, six, whatever, like typically that's what happens is they end up being a backup bottom of the roster guy and then they don't ever play or do anything. Maybe they go somewhere else and do the same thing and they're out of the league. So. I still expect that's most likely the situation, but now at least they can bring him along even slower. So, cool.
3: I'll also add, Chris, that I think the fact that Douglas traded down and picked up extra picks allowed him the luxury a little bit more than he otherwise would have had to take a guy like this who he didn't necessarily need. By having the extra picks, he had more flexibility because, remember, he had the two extra fourth rounders And in addition to his own, which he used on P. Ryan, he used the other two on Morgan, who he didn't necessarily need, but Cam Clark, who he certainly did need. So he at the very least did fill one need. And then he took a stab at a guy that he really liked. Not my preference, but by getting those extra picks, it cushioned the blow a little bit.
0: While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep.
1: Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
3: Next question comes in from CC716. He says, is the whole Jamal Adams thing getting under your skin? I mean, we all know the talent, but man, he constantly just whines about cash. I really do think he's all about the money nowadays. Seriously, he's only going into his third year and already wants an extension. Who else in year three got extended? Well, the answer to that is Christian McCaffrey, if we're looking for non-quarterbacks. The bottom line to me with Jamal Adams at this point, and Chris, I think you probably agree with me, I once had a neighbor, and they had kids, and they lived above me, and the kids at certain times of the day would run around a lot, and at first it would be really annoying because... You'd be laying there watching TV, and you just hear these loud noises. But after a while, I trained myself to just completely tune it out and make it white noise, and it didn't bother me anymore. And that's sort of where I'm at with Jamal Adams. I just don't care. I'm completely numb to it. And until something meaningful happens, that's more or less where I'm going to stay because I don't begrudge Jamal trying to get his money. That's his right. I've said many times, especially in football, you got to get your money when you can get it because it can all end just like that. And I also recognize the team side of this because... They don't want to be paying out money now with the uncertain cap situation for next year and all the uncertain things with the finances for Corona. We don't know what's going on with the Johnsons. So I get both sides of this. Plus for Joe Douglas, he also doesn't want to set a precedent where he has to then extend any other good player after three years beyond Jamal Adams because then all of a sudden that becomes the benchmark. So I get both sides of this. I just don't really care about the chirping anymore. It's going to get done or it's not going to get done, and that'll be the end of it. I think personally, and Chris, I think you probably agree with me, that when it all comes down to it, Adams, despite all the noise, is going to end up playing 2020 on his current salary, and then at the end of the year, the Jets will sit down with him and they'll either get a deal done or they'll trade him. And then that'll be it. I don't think there's anything more to it. And I also don't care about the aspect of if he's playing for just the money. I don't think that's the case. He truly loves football. But even if he was just about the money, I don't care. The bottom line is it's a job. So whether you're super passionate about the job and really love football or you don't care about football at all, if you show up, give maximum effort, and play great football, your motivations don't matter to me. I don't think that applies to Jamal at all. I think he absolutely loves football, and we could see that in his actions and many of the things that he said But I don't care Even if he didn't love football Chris, what do you think? Do you think that Adams Is all about the money? Does any Of this bother you? And where do you think this is Headed?
2: Yeah, just to your Last point about, you know Whether or not he loves football and if that Would, uh, the Curtis Martin Example is the one I always Mm -hmm. point to He, he, borderline Hated football, but he Showed up and kept working and did What he did and he was one of the best Like to ever do it, like so if, if you have that work ethic and you're going to play like that, I don't care if how you feel about football. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to show up and you're going to do your absolute best and you're going to dominate. But that is not – that is absolutely not the case with Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams loves football probably more than anybody I've ever been around. And I've been covering this team for – this will be my 12th season. So uh, – you know, there's been players in that locker room that didn't love football, but there's a, most of them do. And Jamal loves him more than anybody I've ever seen. Um, I am a little tired about all the conversation around Jamal Adams, but it's not Jamal's fault. Um, it has nothing to do with Jamal that, I, that I'm tired about this. I'm tired of people talk, complaining about the way he uses Twitter. I'm a little tired of the way he uses Twitter too. But I, I don't. I also don't begrudge or really judge uh, the young younger generations how they use Twitter because I don't know how I would have been on Twitter if I if there was Twitter around when I was his age. So I, I don't really judge that. I don't get into that. It doesn't bother me. Uh, I try not to read too much of it. Uh, that he i've said this before he's a little too extremely online um but he loves football and he's definitely not just about his money but again even if he was I will never begrudge somebody about being about their money especially in football um and he's he's widely regarded as the you know one of if not the best safety in the league right now this is the exact time you try to flex that leverage and get a deal. There is nothing guaranteed here um, going forward. So you want to try to get that first now. And this is a calculated decision by him and his agents, because if he waits, he's going to end up getting more. Um, but he wants the payment now. And it's also kind of a the jets have been kind of a hot mess for a while. And maybe, maybe it's all right. Well, well, you want to keep me, then you better pay me and show me now. And I'm good with that. I'm totally, absolutely good with that. Every single person on this planet should get the opportunity to maximize their leverage if they can create enough leverage. So I'm all for it. Um, It's this simple though. The jets aren't paying out long-term money right now. They're not trying to give out a lot of money past this year. And you know, there's lots of reasons for this. Um, how much, I'm not sure, how much of a percentage each reason. I'm sure the corona and not knowing how uh, much money they're going to be able to make this year plays a part. I'm sure the fact that the um, cap is going to change drastically, was scheduled to change drastically and go up drastically next year. But now we don't know how the coronavirus is going to affect that. And the fact that everything I've heard that Woody Johnson will be coming back um, for the by the 2021 season, and that's regardless of that at least that's the, he's operating under the assumption that he will be back regardless of if Trump wins or not. He expects to be back by then. So I think there's those three factors are what's holding this up right now, and it's it's very simple because Jamal is not going to uh, cause enough of a mess for them to for him to force their hand to trade him away. Again, Jamal loves football so much that he is not going to be willing to sit out a game. He is not going to be willing to probably even miss practices for it. So there's not going to be any uh, – Jamal's just not going to – he cares too much about his public image, public perception. He's not going to make enough of a mess to force the Jets' hand. So he's just going to have to show up, play this year, do what he does and build on uh, the first couple of years – And then going into next season, he will probably end up getting extended, uh, assuming whatever money situations are fine, which I'm sure they will be at that point. They'll have a better gauge on it. But the only way that I see him getting traded is if he were to make a big enough mess that they were like, get out of here. But Jamal Adams is not going to do that. That is not in his character. And he, again, cares way too much about public image and public perception to do something like that.
3: And with that, we'll wrap up part one of the Weekend Mailbag. We'll be back with part two tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure that you follow Chris on Twitter at CNIMBLY and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could do that for us, we'd be really grateful. It's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money, but it helps us out a lot. So if you could do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. And for the latest and greatest, in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.